This is You Talking To Me, the podcast that takes a classic movie, a 14-year-old boy, and puts them together to see what happens next. James has never seen any of the films before, and he may not thank me for making him watch them. This is Man Vs. Boy, Film Analysis. Hi, and welcome to You Talking To Me. For each episode, we take a classic movie for James to view for the first time, and we watch it together. From this shared experience, we discuss what we both thought of it, and to see if it still holds up today. In this episode, we'll be talking about Michael Mann's classic crime epic, Heat. Hi James, how are you? Hi, I'm good, how are you? Not too bad. Released in the US in 1995 and written and directed by Michael Mann, Heat is one of the most influential crime movies of all time. Boasting a cast of pure acting talent, this is the film that famously put Al Pacino and Robert De Niro together on screen for the first time. The plot pits a gang of professional thieves led by De Niro's Neil McCauley against Al Pacino's obsessive LAPD homicide detective Vincent Hanna and the team that surround him. When a botched job puts Hanna on their trail, there follows a high-stakes game of cat and mouse as Hanna and Macaulay try to get the upper hand while simultaneously realising how alike they are. The film is a meditation on the outcome of crime, a character study of the highest order, and includes one of the most famous scenes in film history. James, what were the reviews like, and how is the film ranked? So, IMDb gives it 8.2 out of 10. Metacritic gives it 76%. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 87%. Empire gives it 5 stars. Letterboxd gives it 4.2. And Roger Ebert gives it 4.5 stars. Okay, I struggled to find any bad reviews of this film. Well, so I went on to Metacritic, and there were some that were like, 40 out of 100 and like 30 out of 100 i don't know why it would be that low i never really know with movies like that why people think they're bad Uh, it is widely regarded as uh, one of the greatest crime movies of all time on rogerebert.com there's an article about it where they claim it is the greatest heist movie ever made Uh, including the best bank robbery scene ever filmed we'll talk about those later on okay So you'd never seen the film before, James. You were aware of it. It was a a film that you really did want to see. Yeah. What did you think it was before we started watching it? What did you think it was about? So I kind of, I don't know, I thought the heist part was going to be right at the beginning. Like the main heist, not the heist that is at the beginning. And I thought it was going to be like a diehard situation where they were like in the building and the police were trying to get to them so i thought it was kind of good just going to be like that you have seen i think one other michael mann film before you've seen collateral yeah i have yeah did you like collateral i did like collateral yeah i think there's there's kind of similarities i don't know if you Mm -hmm. you know they're both very blue films yeah uh, in terms of the color palette they're both shot in la yeah large portions take place at night and actually, from a filmmaking perspective, they were both shot entirely on location. There's no sound stages used yeah. at all whilst filming. Of those two, Heat is 1995, Collateral is 2004. Yeah. But out of those two, can you do, do you have a preference? Do you like one more than the other? So um, it's obvious that Heat is the better movie, but I feel like I would rather watch Collateral for entertainment, but if I want like a gritty story i'd watch heat 
Michael Mann uh, doesn't make many films in the grand scheme of things, but those that he does make are normally, you know, sort of exceptional in terms of the actual filmmaking itself. Yeah. There's a film called Manhunter. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, I've heard of it. I don't like know what it's about though mid 80s it's a sort of precursor to silence of the lambs although really based on another thomas harris book it's the first filmed version of hannibal lecter although it is played by brian cox and again that's a very blue film as well in terms of color you should really watch it it's the first michael mann film that i saw Mm -hmm. he also made a film called the insider that's also got al pacino yeah i've heard of that that's russell crowe as well that is absolutely brilliant Mm -hmm. uh, for in terms of acting and he also made a film called the last of the mohicans is that the one with daniel day lewis in it yes it is but significantly in 1989 michael mann wrote and directed a tv movie called la takedown Mm. Heat is a direct remake of that film. Really? Yeah, absolutely. The plot is the same, character names are the same. What you have with Heat is you have a bigger budget, arguably a better cast, a kind of sort of deeper plotting, really, and yeah. sort of deeper characterization. But some of the dialogue's the same. I've never seen it, but having read up on it, some of the dialogue is, is word for word. I think the coffee shop scene, uh, which we'll get to later, is yeah. kind of verbatim as in Heat. Wouldn't that just feel like deja vu, though? Like, why would you make the same movie twice? Yeah, I guess I guess he was, wasn't happy with it, maybe. But I'm glad here that he did it. Yeah, same. So, due to an error and a tip-off, Hannah is soon on Macaulay's trail. The whole of Macaulay's crew are placed under surveillance as Hannah watches and tries to learn what the next heist will be, which we kind of find out is going to be that kind of that one last job as far as Macaulay is concerned, and turns out to be this sort of huge robbery, which they do kind of despite the heat that they're getting from the police. Michael Mann allows the film to sort of breathe. There's loads of characters in this film. Yeah. uh, And we do get to know them. They've all kind of got their own little story going on. They've all got their own stuff going on. And uh, in the forefront of that, we kind of watch this sort of obsessive Hannah, uh, the Al Pacino character, uh, go about what is conceivably a quite realistic investigation. It does rely on sort of tip-offs. It does rely on a bit of, uh, you know, he follows his hunch. You know, they do get lucky. But from a police procedural perspective, there's a lot of detail. And I didn't know how you sort of found that. You know, they don't give you the story on a plate. You have to see all these different scenes and all these different characters. Yeah. So did that work for you? Did you get it? Um. Yeah, well, I wasn't used to seeing them go to other people and all of that stuff in film. I usually just see like, oh, yeah, let's try this DNA and go on a manhunt. <laughs> so, yeah, it was interesting to see what it was like. You know, this is the 90s. Is that, I don't know if you've ever seen a pager before. Do you know what a pager is? Is that one of those things that they had on them? It's, it's like clipped on his belt and it kind yeah. of says, oh, you know, call this number. So this is kind of the world of pagers. You know, Vincent Hanna has a car phone wired to the car. There are a handful of mobile phones in this, but not many. I didn't have a mobile phone in 1996 when I saw the movie. This is a film with some really well-choreographed action sequences, but ultimately it is a character study. And to make that work, you need sort of the best supporting actors out there, and that's kind of what happens in this film. But even the smallest roles, not only are they all brilliantly performed, they're all mm-hmm. quite well-known actors as well. So around De Niro and around Pacino, you've got a, a very intense Val Kilmer. There's Tom Sizemore, John Voight, Diane Venora, Amy Brenneman, Wes Studi, and Danny Trejo. 
Yeah. And then you've also got Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Ashley Judd, Ted Levine. And these are kind of some of the best actors, kind of best character actors around, delivering faultless performances. And then even further down the cast list, there's Dennis Haysbert, there's Tom Noonan, Hank Azaria. I don't know if you know Hank Azaria. Jeremy Piven is in it in sort of one scene. Yeah. Each actor giving us a sort of layered performance, showing the layers of character. There's all of that going on. Yeah. And then actually right in the front of this... There's Robert De Niro, and there's Al Pacino, and it's kind of difficult to know where to start mm-hmm. with those. I mean, you you know them. Did you did you like the, both the performances? Yeah, their performances were amazing. Everyone's performance was amazing, actually. I preferred Al Pacino's because it was just so memorable, and he was so like over the top and just an interesting character. He is quite, and, um, it's quite showy. Yeah, and Robert De Niro is very reserved, and it's interesting to watch like how his mind works and stuff. Have you seen Robert De Niro in roles where he isn't the sort of calm, reserved character? I thought I'd seen him in much more than I have, and same goes for Al Pacino. So for Robert De Niro, I've only seen him in Joker, King of Comedy, Shark Tale, Brilliant. and Meet the Parents. That's quite a good selection. Yeah, it's very random. different types of role that De Niro can play. Now, Robert De Niro is considered one of the greatest actors of all time. And when you look at his early filmography, he's sort of giving unbelievable performances in some of the best films ever made. So you haven't—I don't think you've seen Mean Streets, which is an early Scorsese movie. And he yeah. wants that. Obviously, Godfather Two, mm-hmm. Taxi Driver, of course, yeah, The Deer Hunter, Raging yeah. Bull, oh, of course, Once Upon a Time in America, yeah. So, and those films only kind of get you to 1984, and he plays Al Capone in Brian De Palma's The Untouchables. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. And there's others. There's Midnight Run, mm-hmm. uh, Goodfellas. Oh, of course, know. yeah. All of those he made before Heat. As I said earlier, Heat is significant for sort of putting De Niro and Pacino together on screen in the 90s, potentially kind of at the height of their powers. I know you're sort of going for the sort of the showy Pacino, but what I liked about the De Niro role is that he's so controlled. The character is so single-minded. Sometimes he's just, you know, there's bits in it where he's just so still. It's like he's he's acting just with a look or a glance. Almost yeah. his eyes doing the acting. You know, the character of Neil McCauley, he doesn't, he doesn't want to be noticed. He wants to blend in. He wears sort of bland coloured suits. He doesn't, he doesn't bring attention to himself. He, it's all part of his professionalism. He repeats his code a couple of times in the movie, you know, don't do anything you're not afraid to walk away from when you feel the heat coming around the corner. The tension comes when Neil breaks his own rule and starts that relationship with Amy Brenneman's uh, Edie. The two of them do share character traits. You know, De Niro's Neil McCauley is a driven professional, which is a characteristic shared with Pacino's Vincent Hanna. We've touched on Pacino's performance. I kind of had forgotten how much of a live wire uh, he is in this. And it's great. You know, he's all emotion, isn't he? What I thought was interesting was because sometimes he's kind of quite quiet. Mm -hmm. And then he shouts, you know, he kind of explodes. Entertaining to watch. Yeah, absolutely. What I like in this is that Pacino seems to be in his character, the character of Vincent Hanna is, even though he's shouting one minute and calm the next minute, he does seem to be doing whatever it takes to get the job done. So it's not just that he's kind of flipping out and and shouting. It's that he's doing whatever he needs to do in that situation to get what he needs done. Yeah. So 
Uh, sometimes he's calm and sometimes he's completely over the top. When he is comforting the mother of the girl that Wayngrow murders, yeah, is very, very different to how he deals with Hank Azaria's character, which is kind of the person that Chris's wife is oh, having. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. And there's that scene where he interrogates him and he just shouts at him. I won't see what he says. And you can see the sort of shock on Hank Azaria's face because he didn't know that uh, Al Pacino was going to say it like that. Uh, that's probably his most manic scene. So, people still talk about Heat probably more than any other film released in the same year. And one of the reasons is for this six-minute coffee shop scene that famously has De Niro and Pacino acting on screen together for the first time. Did you know about this scene? I knew that this was the first film before watching it that has them on the same screen at the same time, but I didn't really realise it was going to be in like a coffee shop. I presumed it would have been like a shootout or something. It was one of the selling points of the film when it when it came out. Quite a lot was made of it. That might have lost some of its significance over the years. It may not have meant anything to you, but back then it was a big deal. Yeah. And I don't really know why they'd not been in films together or shared the screen together but it was a bit of a coup you know it was a bit of a big deal is this one of the only films that they're on the same screen together they've worked together since i was both in the irishman yeah but they haven't done many films together you i don't know i kind of just presume that they would be in a lot together so the coffee shop scene is kind of the whole point of the movie in as much as this was kind of the starting point for michael mann when he, when he wrote it, and I don't know if you know, but it's based in truth. Is it? The consultant on the movie, who's worked with Michael Mann before, is an ex-police detective called Chuck Adamson. Aspects of Adamson's life form the basis of heat. And there really was a professional criminal called Neil McCauley, mm. who Anderson had pursued. And there really had been a meeting in a coffee shop between... Adamson, who is the basis of the Vincent Hanna character, the Albertino yeah. character, and the real Neil McCauley. Damn. Supposedly, the dialogue in the coffee shop scene in Heat is based pretty much on that real encounter. What did you think of the scene? Well, well I thought that it's funny because they kind of seem like friends, I guess. They seem like two friends meeting over a cup of coffee just to have a catch-up and... I don't know, they seem really, they have like a connection that almost makes it seem like it's an actual conversation, not scripted. It makes it seem like um, improvised. Okay, feels real. Yeah, feels very real. I think what's nice is that there are pauses. There are points in it where they no one is speaking. Mm -hmm. They are just looking at each other. Or they're taking their time over a conversation. They are yeah. wary of each other, but they are kind of enjoying each other's company as well. They're both professional people. They're both the best at what they do. Yeah. You know, they're both driven. They didn't rehearse the scene in advance. So they talked really? about it. Mm -hmm. They talked it through with Michael Mann, but they'd never sat and rehearsed it yeah. in the coffee shop. And it's the scene where they realize how similar they are. Yeah. Kind of over the course of that conversation, that kind of mutual respect grows. You look the script up online and you can see a copy of Michael Mann's annotated script just for this scene with all the notes that he made. And one way to view this, which is what we did, is to look at the script as a direct comparison of what's being said on screen by both actors. So if you search up heat script to screen 
on YouTube, you can see this, but it has those notes in comparison to De Niro and Al Pacino speaking the lines as you watch them on screen. One of Michael Mann's notes says that they see the mutuality of their condition during that meeting. They see that they are so similar. Yeah. And the end is great. Neil says, maybe we'll never see each other again. And there's just a sort of silent moment and a bit of a wry smile on both their faces. So we need to talk about the heist. Yes. Everyone in Macaulay's crew knows the risk. They know that the heat is coming after them. They think it's worth that risk. Macaulay's planning to move away with uh, Edie. And when they enter the bank, they each know what they're expected to do. They put their masks on and they go. All this cash into these massive holdalls. They load themselves up. And just before they leave, Hannah and his team get the tip off and they're on their way. So it's pretty tense and they're walking out of the bank when when Hannah arrives and then you just get this enormous shootout. Yeah. Daylight in the streets. Have you ever seen anything like that before? No, not at all. It's probably why it was my favourite scene in the movie. It's just like, I knew something bad would happen, but it was just so unexpected and so action packed and just loud and... I mean, it's downtown LA, shot on location, machine guns yeah. out just across the street, no regard for bystanders. Everything's getting shot to pieces. It's relentless, you know? It's so well shot. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about heist movies. Yeah. Lots of films have a heist in, have a robbery in. Yeah. Reservoir Dogs is about a heist that's gone wrong, but you don't, you don't see the heist, mm-hmm. you just see the aftermath. I was thinking about that too, and I think the only film that i have seen that is heist related is is the first act of the place beyond the pines have you not seen oceans 11 no actually i i started watching it i tell you what you've seen i know what you've seen what that's got an actual bank heist in it and that's point break you've seen point break of course yeah and there's a good heist film called inside man oh is, is that the one with Denzel and yeah, yeah. By you saying that, I just remembered that I've seen Money Heist, haven't I? Oh, yeah. But, you know, there's loads of others. You know, the Italian job. And, you know, every Mission Impossible film involved something being taken. I just thought of another heist movie. Go on. Inception. Inception, absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. And I'll tell you another one, which is heavily influenced by Heat. And the director of this film has mentioned many, many times the comparison between Heat and his own film. Yeah. Which is The Dark Knight. Of course, yeah. Dark Knight is effectively more of a crime film than it is a superhero film. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I can really see the similarities. They're both crime epics. Christopher Nolan has said that Heat is a direct influence on The Dark Knight. Yeah. So, the aftermath of the heist is the rest of the film. Yeah. So the heist comes at sort of one hour forty, and the rest of the film is the remaining members of of the crew. Trying to get out of LA. Yeah. You mentioned when we were watching it that you kind of wish that the whole film had been like the second half of the film. Yeah. So I, don't know, I felt like the first half was just setting the scene, I guess. Like that's fine, but um, it wasn't as interesting as the second half. The second half was like, well, I was thinking if it was all like the second half, it would be like my favorite movie ever, probably. But I'm not complaining either because the first half is very good. You need the setup. You need to yeah, meet those definitely. characters. I really like Val Kilmer in this. I really like the fact that his character Chris is one who he gets away. 
Yeah. It's quite sad, really, because that scene where he turns up to, to meet up with his wife mm-hmm. and she gives him a little signal and he knows he just has to disappear. Yeah. Do you know Val Kilmer? Do you know? No. Well, just after I watched it, I went onto Netflix to try and find something to watch and I saw... Um, the Doors. He's the Jim world. Morrison in The Doors. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, oh yeah, I'll watch this one. Yeah, I think he's really good. He's in Top Gun. Val Kilmer has been a Batman. Has Val, he? Val Kilmer was Batman. Batman forever. i tell you what's a good film with Val Kilmer in that you haven't seen that you should see, which is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yes, I really want to watch that. Robert Downey Jr. It's also excellent in Tombstone. If you ever get a chance to watch the film Tombstone, which is a Western, a lot of respect for Val Kilmer. So what I want to know is Chris escapes, the hunt is on for Neil. Where did you think this was going to lead? I kind of just thought he'd get away with Edie and go and live in like Hawaii or something, not get killed. Yeah, absolutely. He picks Edie up and they're pretty much home free, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that whole last section of the film, when you're with... Neil, you kind of on his side, yeah. And then when you're with Hannah, yeah, you're kind of on his side. You kind of torn because they've grown to know both the characters. It shows the quality of the writing in this film. Yeah, Hannah obviously is working on this hunch that Neil will go after Wayne Grow, and of course that's what happens. When I was watching start of the film when Wayne Grow runs, I I did wonder what it meant. Yeah, when I saw him go up to his hotel room, I was like. Oh. There's that scene where Neil and Edie are in the car and he's he's about to escape. He's mm-hmm. going to escape. Yeah. And you just kind of watch him and then he makes that decision and he decides no. And he t- turns the car off and he goes after Wayne Grove. Yeah. And that's the beginning of the end. We end up at LAX airport. Hannah has seen Macaulay and there's a sort of foot chase between the two of them across the expanse of the airfield. Yeah. There's no big climax to this movie. Mm-hmm. Just two men both doing what they can to get the job done. They, they clearly like each other, but they've both got a job to do. Did you think it was a, a downbeat ending? Another film like that might have been like some massive shootout or yeah. some explosions or they get on a plane or whatever it might be. What did you think? It's quite a small ending. I was glad that it ended like that because it broke away from like the stereotypes of the ending of that kind of movie, you know? Yeah, I think it's staying true to that, you know, it is a kind of character film. Yes, it's got these action sequences in, but it's not an action movie. Yeah. When you think about it, it's kind of the only resolution that could happen in this film. Yeah. I guess it could have gone either way. They're both sort of shooting at each other. Pacino's Vincent Hanna shoots De Niro's Macaulay. And there's still that kind of mutual understanding between the two of them. Hanna takes Neil's hand. Yeah. And he dies at the very, very end. There's a podcast called One Heat Minute, where they examine the movie Heat one minute at a time. Yeah. And in the final episode of that podcast, episode 177, I'm just saying, the podcast is about these final moments of the film. So it's the last minute of the film. What's great about that episode, and I would recommend anyone who's interested in this film or sort of filmmaking is that Michael Mann actually joins the host, Blake Howard, and they talk it through together. Yeah. And it's great. It's a really, really good podcast episode. Michael Mann gives loads and loads of details about the making of the movie, and they talk about the final minute of the film, and they talk about how it ends and why it ends. Definitely worth looking up. (laughs) 
So overall then, James, what did you think? So I um, I really liked it. I thought, like what I said earlier, that the first half kind of a bit like good, but I guess I wanted more action, which isn't usually what I want. It's very tense. As yeah, well. it is very tense. But after that hour, it was like amazing like so so good yeah it's kind of faultless i really like it i think you should definitely watch more michael mann oh yeah i just think it's a great character study you know it does leave a lasting impression yeah Uh, michael mann has written a prequel novel has he the plan is i think that that will be released and he's toying with the idea of making another heat movie so who was your favorite character i think because he's so still and so calm in it i really like de niro in this i like the Chris Shaheelis character, like Val Kilmer's character, because he's really mm-hmm. kind of wound up. What was your favourite performance? So probably Val Kilmer then. Although, you know, Al Pacino's great, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay, James. Um, that's excellent. Thanks for that. You're welcome. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkingFilm. That's talking with no G at the end. And please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and recommend us wherever you can. See you next time, James. See ya. Is that the one with, um, what's it face from There Will Be Blood? Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> what's his face? Keep that in.